it's just been really powerful for me to understand in any capacity. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Is it just because it's part of your routine? Is it because of what your family does? Is it because this is what the people in your peer group are doing? Is this what you're seeing represented around you? Is this what you feel like you should, whether related to alcohol or anything else? And filtering that through the lens of like, how is this for me? How is this serving me? How is this getting me closer to the life that I say I want to live? Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to Gather in Growth. I started recording this podcast six days ago and my kids ran in when I was a minute and 53 seconds in. Now, they have been out and about with their grandma, they call her Zilla, all day, and I am fully anticipating that they are also going to get home in the middle of recording. (laughs) So we will see how this goes. I really am not sure why this podcast episode is coming up right now. This is a topic I haven't talked about extensively. I certainly have never really created content around it. I feel like it's maybe popped up in stories a time or two. It's come up in conversations in the UDU82 Facebook group, but I've never explicitly shared this story. And this has been on my mind or my heart to record an episode about for a while. And I kind of kept ignoring it because I wasn't sure how I wanted to tackle it or what I wanted to say or what the outcome I wanted from it was. But if there's anything that I know is any time that there has been something recurring that I feel like I need to say out loud, it always, 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 always has a profound impact on someone else in a way that I can't predict. So I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know why you clicked into this conversation. If you're a regular listener and you listen to every episode, hi, welcome. I'm excited for you to just hear another piece of my story. Um, Maybe someone sent this to you because you have been on your own version of this journey. Maybe this title or headline caught your attention because you have this inner knowing that you are ready to begin your own. And I think the thing about this, along with every journey ever, is it's so individualized and unique. So I am not ready to approach this conversation from a place of teaching. I am simply just going to share my story and the thought processes that have come along the way and the things that I've learned. So today we are going to talk about how, when, and why 
I reevaluated my relationship with alcohol and just really what my relationship with alcohol have looked like throughout the course of my lifetime, because it's been very different in different seasons and has impacted me in really big ways. And I feel like there's probably a lot of pieces of this that you might identify with and maybe some of it not, but I hope that this at least serves as an invitation for you to reevaluate anything in your own life. I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do is to ask ourselves the hard questions about what we know or what we do and what role it is serving in our life and being able to make really I don't want to say informed, like as in like taking in a bunch of clinical information, but being able to make decisions that are rooted in intentions as opposed to a default. And that transcends, gosh, every potential part of your life and your relationships. And maybe it is with alcohol, maybe with other things, with food, with social media, with your belief system. I don't know. But here is my story. And yeah, let's dive in. So when I think back to my early relationship with alcohol, and again, this is something I have not shared about and am not going to go into too much detail because it's just not a part of my story I'm ready to dig into yet or really know what my place is in to share. But my dad is an alcoholic, was my entire life. And so when I think about my earliest relationship with alcohol, it was this understanding that this thing is affecting me in a really big way and in a lot of ways that were scary and shameful and for lack of a better word, traumatic. And so that experience for anyone who has ever walked any path with a a parent or a family member that struggles with addiction, like it shapes the way that you view the world in, in a lot of different ways and can lead you down a lot of directions, especially when there are patterns of addiction or alcoholism in the family. So when I think back to like middle school or high school, it was like 100% I am never doing that. I am never touching that because I not only saw, but firsthand lived experience, the ramifications of what this thing could do to you and the people around you. So I had pretty strong convictions. I was very much a people pleaser, very much a you wanted to be a good girl and never get in trouble. And so I had very strong opinions about the fact that that was just not for me. And then I went to college and I don't know (laughs) what changed in that. You know, I think a, a lot of us go through that, like, I'm leaving my parents' house. I'm gonna go do my own thing. There's this whole new world of possibilities and independence and yada, yada, yada. Okay. I'm not going to get into the psychology of going away to to college or, you know, whatever, but I was pretty angry in a lot of ways and I didn't know myself. I didn't trust myself. I have been at that point miserably self-conscious for as long as I can remember. I just never 
really felt like I knew where I fit in. I didn't have a lot of peer relationships that I trusted or felt safe in. And I was really just desperate. That sounds dramatic, but really craving connection and finding myself and figuring out who I was and being confident. So I went to college and jumped right into the party scene. And now I have to ask, I have to add a distinction here. Okay. I went to a small private liberal arts school. Okay. Very nerdy, very academic. Everyone there was probably not the cool kid in high school. Very small campus. There was like a one degree, if not less, separation between me and everyone else. So I definitely had, whether it was real or imagined, a sense of safety. You know, I wasn't like, when I say I was thrown into the party scene, it was certainly not like I was in the city or on a really big campus or anything like that. Like I was very comfortable with my surroundings, probably more than I should have been. Um, but I felt generally pretty safe in the in the situation that I was in. But spent especially my freshman year just like balls to the walls. I mean, how many nights a week can you possibly go out? I don't know. The limit does not exist. Like, (laughs) I feel like this is a whole other tangent of just like ridiculous college stories. But like, how many classes did I go to drunk or hungover? I don't know. At the same time, it's like an academically rigorous school. So it's not like I was like, also totally slacking off. I was just also being a dumb freshman. Like, let's just be honest. Maybe you're giggling right along with this because you had similar experiences, or maybe your eyes are rolling into the back of your head because you know exactly what your peers looked like in that situation. That was me. That was me. I was heavily involved with Greek life, which I have a lot of incredible things to say about the Greek system. And certainly that was not to blame for the environment that I was in, but was very much a social part of what we were doing. And so that was my reality. And then throughout the course of college, I was like a serial monogamist. Wow, we're really getting into like all sorts of topics of my past. But, you know, even when I had different boyfriends, like we were going out and blah, blah. So I'm not saying that when I say I was in the party scene, like, Let's be honest, on the scale of zero to 100, it was not, it was not crazy. But still, I was 1000% the most confident, the most carefree, joyful, and felt like myself when I was in a social situation drinking. Like I said, I really struggled with knowing who I was or what my self esteem was. And Alcohol gave me the opportunity to connect with people in a way that I didn't feel self-conscious and right, wrong, or indifferent. That's the reality that I was in. So I would say like I went through different periods of college where that was more so than others, but that definitely defined my college experience, but in a way that at the time didn't feel problematic because that's what everyone is doing. Now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, you poor girl. <laughs> like You were not even comfortable with who you are and you felt like you needed to do that to make friends or to be a part of something like you did not need that. But 18, 19, 20, 21 year old me, that's the life that I was living. And that was fine and good and well. 
I'm not saying that I would change it. I think that anytime we look at a period of our life with regret, it it puts us in an unnecessary place of shame. And I just have to know that that's where I was at. And that was my reality. And I had a blast. But I also didn't have a blast. <laughs> like I was also, you know, hungover. I also loved the camaraderie that came with being hungover with my friends. Like the next morning being like, oh my gosh, do you remember this? Oh my gosh, we feel so terrible. Oh, let's go get noodles or pizza or whatever. Like it was just all part of what we did. And it was so normal that I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think anything was wrong with it. You know, stereotypical, but you know, it's what college kids do. You heard the girl. If you're loving today's episode, we would so appreciate if you leave us a review, share on social, or send it to a friend. So, I meet my husband, who is now my husband, right after, right as I'm about to start student teaching. After I had already graduated, everything kind of got wonky because I studied abroad and I went to a small school. So whatever. I walked with my class in May, started student teaching in August, met my husband like right before. He was just getting established as a freshman in college, which makes me sound like I was dating an 18-year-old when I was, you know, 22. That is not the case. He was in the military for five years. So he was kind of a non-traditional student, but he went to a much bigger school that has quite the reputation for partying and drinking and, and whatnot. Anyway, so I we were long distance for uh, a few months and then I decided, you know what? I know that I don't want to live in my college town anymore. I planned on moving back in with my parents, which looking back on it, like I'm not sure that would have been good for anyone. And my brother was at the same university that my boyfriend was at. So I thought, why not move to this town? So got myself an apartment and started the process of of looking for teaching jobs. So while we were there, I was in a really interesting situation in that my husband was fully immersed in the college experience as an older student. I you know, worked several different types of jobs before I ended up getting my teaching job. Oh gosh, isn't that just a fun period of life? At one point I was like babysitting, I was substitute teaching, I was working at a church, I was like, oh, I don't even know what it was formally called. I was working for this like company where we would like go out to bars and like hand out free samples, like shop promotions. Like it was what a wild time to be alive. Okay. To be doing all of those things at once, like raise your hand. If you also had a period of life where you worked like four random jobs. Okay. So that was that got my teaching job. And here I am with my husband who then actually we got engaged the week I got my teaching job. So my fiance then turned husband as we got married halfway through his college career And we are like living in both worlds. Like I'm working, I'm getting established in my career, but also like we're going out on the weekends. It was like 
living a double life. It was so weird. Gave me a very different perspective of like what my teachers might have been doing or not doing, but that's neither here nor there. I was a great teacher, but uh, yeah, I was also in a situation where, you know, we were very social and going out with our friends. Like we spent most Saturdays on the wine trail and it was awesome and so fun. But when I was teaching, I was also not only in this environment, but I was not equipped to handle stress without alcohol. So pretty much every night I was drinking a bottle of wine you know, one glass turns into two, turns into three, turns into, well, there's only a little bit left. And sometimes going out and then I was teaching, like, that's the thing that I feel the most sad about is that it wasn't at that point just going out with our friends. It was me using that habit as a coping mechanism for feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and not knowing how to do that. Like I had no habits to support my physical, mental, or emotional health in the way that I do now. And I thought self-care was drinking wine in unhealthy levels. My tolerance was incredibly high, which I used to be so proud of, but like drinking a fifth of vodka in a night is not normal or healthy, but I was darn proud that I could. And I remember one specific day in particular, and I was actually subbing and I had like gone on a field trip or something and it was just a day. God bless our teachers. It was a day. I think I was with middle schoolers and field trip day with middle schoolers as a substitute teacher. Wow. And I walked in the door and um, my husband was there and I was just like, I need a drink, blah, 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 whatever. And the way he looked at me, I immediately was like, oh, this is unhealthy. And I'm pretty sure he called me out about like just how desperate I was for that glass of wine, for that bottle. And looking back on it in that season, even though, you know, we were getting established in in our marriage and, um, you know, I was building my career, like still so much of my thought process was around the next drink. And I think that I used to think that people who said that were being dramatic because it wasn't like it was like an all-consuming thing that I thought that I was aware of. But looking back on it, I can see like we were always making plans. We were going out to happy hour. We were doing this. We were doing that. And it was just normal. It was just part of what we did. We had wine with dinner. You know, we while making dinner, we'd have a beer, whatever. And now I know Now I can see how much I was using that to try to cope with, again, stress or not knowing how to handle my emotions, not having processed a lot of things in my life, not knowing really who I was as a person. And that's neither here nor there. So we moved back to the farm. And so my immediate thought is I have no friends here. My husband literally like moved us here and then had to go finish an internship in another part of the state. And I knew basically no one. And I literally did not know how to make friends that didn't revolve around going out, which was going to be fine. I'm like, okay, we'll find friends, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'll do this. We'll 
we can go to this bar. I got pregnant. Like, (laughs) not even, maybe a week or two into living here. And it was like, oh, shoot. (laughs) So now I can't do the thing that I've always done to connect with people because I'm pregnant. And it was the first time in basically my adult life that I had to try to figure out who I was in relationship with other people without the common bond of sitting out on a winery patio or going out or (laughs) being out at 2 a.m. at closing time or whatever. And then my son was born and I still at that point was like, I, I don't know how to make mom friends. I don't, I don't know. I I genuinely just didn't have any good experience or confidence in building relationships outside of that. And that feels a little dramatic for me to say out loud now, but it's true. And I remember like meeting like other moms. I was a, a part of like our, our local hospital has like a breastfeeding support group that met twice a week. And truly became my lifeline. But I remember other meeting other people there who obviously like, it was not part of their natural social life to be drinking in the way that I had been. And I was like, I don't even know how to talk to you. I don't know how to relate. And I was like, well, that's weird. Anyway, but even after my son was born, we are a co-sleeping family by choice and necessity. And so even after I wasn't pregnant, I still could not fall into that same pattern because you just simply can't if that's your, if co-sleeping bed sharing is your reality. And so I continued to not for a while. Um, Eventually, like we got to the point that like I could have a beer with dinner or while making dinner. So then it was like every night I was having a beer with dinner and that was it. And that was fine. No, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, I guess, you know, like it was just, that was my new rhythm, my new normal. I get pregnant again, kind of go through this, going through a lot of other life changes. And it was when I started my health journey that I started to evaluate everything. Initially from a point of weight loss, you know, I was postpartum. I did not, nothing fit right at all. I had been pregnant or postpartum for like three years at that point. Um, Everything was just squishy and I didn't feel good in my body. And I had treated my body like trash while pregnant and postpartum. I 1000% had used that to like, I-D-G-A-F, I'm going to do whatever I want because I'm pregnant. Mm -mm. No walking, no exercising, all the anything. And I just felt awful. And so my original consideration of actually thinking about the role that alcohol was playing is, okay, I want to feel different in my body. You know, I'm not as concerned with the way it looks, but I don't like the way I feel and nothing freaking fits. And that is such a frustrating feeling. So, you know, it was like, let's inventory what's coming in and what's what's going out, whatnot. And alcohol was like, well, that's, you know, however many calories, I don't even know, like, Okay, like, well, we'll maybe do that, you know, kind of still in the beginning stages of that diet mentality that a lot of us have experienced. But it was at the same time that, you know, and I've shared this part of my journey at length that I found this world of, of personal growth and personal development. And I found this habit challenge called Last 90 Days. And it 
I mean, quite literally the last three months of the year, it's intentionally taking care of, you know, our habits to not be feeling so crummy when it comes to January 1st. So one of the parts of the challenge was to totally eliminate a category of like food or drink from your life that's not serving you. And at the time, one of the people who was involved in the challenge also did alcohol. And I was like, yeah, I think that that would probably be good. Like I don't necessarily need that. I can't really say that it's serving me. It's probably a fairly easy win on the caloric front. Let's just see what happens. I committed to that. And it was during that period of time, you know, through some of the podcasts that I was listening to, and it was actually um, Dave Hollis was going through at that point in time, considering what his relationship with alcohol was. And so I have to give him credit as being a huge catalyst for considering my own journey. And it was just like starting to understand where those trigger points come from. Why is it that you know, I walk in the door at the end of the day and I'm ready to cook dinner. And then immediately, you know, it's a habit, it's a routine. Immediately I go to the fridge and I get a beer. Like, where does that come from? Or, you know, at that point in time, I was like considering, well, why was it when I was in the classroom that at the end of a long, stressful day, all I wanted was that glass of wine? Like, what role is that playing? What am I hiding from? What am I not dealing with and trying to numb it out with something else. And that can look like a lot of different things. That could be social media. That could be many other different types of addictions. But oftentimes things like that, that alter the way we feel are in direct response to certain triggers that we may or may not even have awareness around, or it just becomes that rhythm. It becomes that habit. And a lot of times we're not even consciously thinking about it. We just do it. It's why. I don't know if you follow many like sober or recovering alcoholic accounts, but there's like a running joke of like how much sparkling water um, people in that situation drink. Cause it's like, they're just used to that, that evening bubbles that, you know, that cue of like, it's time, it's time for a fun, fancy drink. Even now I have a sparkling water all oftentimes in the late afternoon or evening. And I know that that's traced back to like old patterns. I've just replaced it with something else that is obviously better for my body. But it was in that period of time that I started to understand the way that I was using that thing to avoid or to be a crutch for other things. So now looking back on it, I can identify, you know, in those eight years that we were kind of in college world that that was the way I made friends. That was the way I felt confident. That was the way I didn't overthink what I what I was saying. I also understand now there are a lot of links between people with ADHD who rely heavily on alcohol to just kind of like get quiet because it's so hard otherwise, or to like navigate social situations because otherwise it's so over, like we overthink it and it's overstimulating. Hey friends, I'm going to be totally honest. In the past four months, my habits have gone out the window. Pregnancy be humbling like that sometimes. But now that I'm starting to feel like a functional human again, I am so ready to get back to the things that I know make me feel physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy and strong. 
which is why I am jumping into a new round of You Do You 82. You Do You 82 is a habit challenge where you get to choose six habits to intentionally build or break through the lens of progress over perfection for 82 days. This challenge is 1000% free and anyone can start anytime. However, I know it's always more fun when we do something like this together. I'm jumping in within the next couple of weeks, and I think you should too. If you are ready to bring some intentionality into your life and truly take care of you throughout this summer, I invite you to join us. Tap the link in today's show notes to download your free Journey Through You Do You 82 workbook today. Whether or not you've done this before or anything like it, I believe that any time is a good time to invest in yourself. There's no need to compare yourself to where you've been, where you wish to be, or what anyone else around you is doing. This is for you exactly where you're at today. Again, you're going to tap the link in today's show notes, head to youdoyou82.com to get started. I am so ready. Let's do this. So yeah, so now since then, my relationship with alcohol has totally changed. And I do not identify as someone who is like a thousand percent sober. But you know, if I'm on a girls weekend with some of my friends and we're like out on the boat, sure. Occasionally if Andrew and I get a date night out and I'm not pregnant, yeah, maybe I'll have a glass of wine. But it's a very intentional choice as opposed to just a default mechanism in my daily life. I would say in my daily life, we lead a sober lifestyle now. And it's like, if I'm, you know, we're away for the weekend or we're visiting friends or I don't know, something like that. Not that that happens that often, (laughs) but it's like, I might make the choice to, we're out in Nashville. Like I might make the choice, like, you know what, we're going to have some, I don't want to say have some fun tonight because you can have a lot of fun without drinking. I've come to realize, but you know what, I am going to allow myself to get a little drunk tonight. But it's like as much of a choice as like, I'm gonna go see a movie tonight. (laughs) You know, it's like, I know the choice. And I know what I'm doing. And I know what it's going to feel like. And I know what the ramifications of it are going to be, which is a totally different state of being than this is my default that I go to without even thinking about it, or even understanding what I'm trying to numb or chase or heal or avoid or anything else on a daily basis. So that's where I am at today. And it has been so interesting just over the last six months to a year or so. Not that my lifestyle has changed around that, but how my understanding of it in my earlier years has come to light as opposed to like, oh, I was just in college. And that's what college kids do. It's like having a deeper self-awareness of why I was in that space and what it meant for me and what it, how it did serve me in that season. Not saying it was good for me, but it had a purpose that I clearly used it for. So yeah, it's just been really powerful for me to understand in any capacity. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Is it just because it's part of your routine? Is it because of what your family does? Is it because this is what the people in your peer group are doing? Is this what you're seeing represented around you? Is this what you feel like you should, whether related to alcohol or anything else? And filtering that through the lens of like, how is this for me? 
how is this serving me? How is this getting me closer to the life that I say I want to live? Well, the life that I want to live is having a, you know, being deeply in touch with my self-awareness, getting really quality sleep, having a healthy, vibrant body, having lots of energy, feeling mentally and emotionally safe and stable. And when I think back to patterns I was in in the past, like the choices I was making aren't in alignment with that. And so it's not a part of my life anymore. So yeah, maybe that's the takeaway is taking a look at anything in your life through the filter of why am I doing this? Do I want to do this? And is this supporting the goals in life that I say that I want? And if not, it's okay to change it. Not everyone is going to understand, especially if this is deeply in, especially in in terms of alcohol, but I think even our relationship with food or movement or parenting's um, styles, things like that. Like if you are making a choice that's outside of what the people around you are doing, your family, your spouse, your peers, your friends, your siblings, it might come with resistance. People might not understand. And so that's a whole nother podcast episode of what it just means to stand in your convictions around that. But you know, when you make that choice, I've seen people who want to make changes in that capacity and are like ridiculed by the people they love for it. And it's like, well, here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I appreciate if you support me in that. No judgment. Don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to start an argument over it. Like, here's what I'm doing. Here's why it's important to me. I appreciate your support. Like, please don't say things like that. (laughs) Easier said than done, I know. But anyway, that's my journey. That's my story. And maybe there are pieces of it you resonated with, or maybe you stopped listening a long time ago. But if you made it this far, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a safe space. We kind of went on some other tangents of parts of of our of my past, but anyway, it's part of who I am and what's made me me today. And if you make different choices and your lifestyle looks like like you do, you you know that I am not shaming anyone who makes different choices than me. This is just my journey and what is working for me and my family in this season and knowing that we are ever evolving human beings and maybe 10 years from now, this conversation will look different. I don't know, but no matter what, I am so forever grateful for you. And if you think that there is someone who could use this message, please feel free to pass it along. You know, that can be as simple of a, Hey, I heard this and I thought it was interesting. Thought maybe you'd want to hear it too. You know, I always appreciate when you share on social media, on Instagram stories, it literally makes my day when I get messages or see things like that. Just knowing that um, the words that are spoken here are are resonating with you in a way that matters. That is like the coolest feeling in the whole entire world, whole entire world. So anyway, until next time, so grateful for you. Have a great week. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. 
Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.